dude, go hardcore for the next hundred days. Freaking lose, lose the crap out of that weight. I haven't ate anything in five hours, dude. I'm dying over here. Freaking I'm like mad. Michael Scott. I haven't ate anything in four or five hours. I don't know how I'm alive. <laughs> Welcome to the Fringe Youth Worker Podcast with TJ and Sunny. Welcome to the Fringe Youth Worker Podcast. My name is TJ McConaughey. I am joined, as always, by my co-host and best friend, Sonny Saltalamakia. Sonny, what is real, homie? Bro, TJ, at some point tonight, I didn't know if this thing was actually ever going to go. You were having all sorts of issues. Your thing was crackling. Then you got apprehensive about starting the show. I'm just excited that at 10.46 p.m. on the left best coast, we're finally starting the show, and uh, we're doing a new format this week, TJ. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. We got it. We got first of all, we got a new segment, which is awesome. New segment, and and we're going to exnay a couple old segments and go to a little bit of cleaner format. So I'm super excited about that. What is our it's, format for the night? Sonny? It's called learning on the go, TJ. Learning on the fly. Neither me or you is very good at the small details and prepping for life. We we're much more uh, learn as we go kind of people. Anyway, so we got three segments this week, TJ. Three segments, which I think will help with the flow of the show. The first segment is called Win of the Week. Each week, me and you break down certain things we've done or certain things we're doing in our programs that we're finding success in. And the hope is that as you guys listen to it or girls or whoever you are, you can like pull and, and take things from it and apply it to your programs as well. The second segment tj is my new favorite segment because it's new and we have no idea what it could be it's called tales from the fringe tj tales from the fringe i like that this it reminds where, me of tales from the crypt yeah yeah, which yeah, is yeah like yeah. from our childhood exactly right so yeah. tales from the fringe is going to be just that stories that me and you tell tell uh of previous experiences victories or defeats um or things that maybe we, we corrected over time that kind of just, again, shed light on what it's like to work with kids on the fringe. Because I think sometimes there's a, there's a um, stigma out there or just a misrepresentation of what it's like to work with these kind of kids. And so Tales from the Fringe is my new favorite segment. Yeah. Followed by the final segment of the week, TJ, the caboose segment, if you will, question of the week. And for the next few weeks, you'll be bringing the question of the week. And I'm excited for that, TJ. It's one less thing I have to do. Well, basically, you got you got kiboshed. I got fired. You got fired because you kind of came up with some weak sauce questions. Okay. Winnie and Kevin <sighs> versus Pam and Jim was a pretty dumb question. But following by the, the, the natural state of human emotion, that's a pretty solid question, bro. That's good. Um, well, yeah, I'm not, we're not going to dwell on the past. We're not living there anymore. So we are just going to move on to the future. And the future is bright, um, like your forehead. Um, my five head? You like my five head right now? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about tonight. So let, hey, you know what? Let's stop this like opening chatter and let's get to the shelf. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram. And when you subscribe to this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating. We desperately need your approval. 
Win of the week, Ted Francis. Win of the week. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go bring. second. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first because okay. I don't want to I don't want to go second today. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get on base. Get on base. I'll hit you home, bro. Yeah, I'm not winning this week's win of the week. Um, unless unless you do something stupid and don't go with the win of week, you should go with. I, um, you know how I roll, TJ. Every week there's lots of wins. You never there's know there's lots of surprises, but if you don't go with this win, you're stupid. <laughs> um, however, I will go and I will say this. Um, so I got to preach this last Sunday. Uh, it's traditionally known as Youth Pastor Sunday because it's the Sunday after Christmas, and usually like nobody wants to be at the church. Um, so all the church employees have been completely exhausted at that point. And then there's like, who's going to preach? Well, the youth pastor gets to preach. Now, here's the thing is, I actually get to preach mm, semi-regularly for a youth pastor probably three, four, as many as six times in a year. Uh, but that was when the senior pastor was on sabbatical. Um, so I got to preach this last week and it was, it was a really great opportunity, even though everyone was tired and um, in our last service, I think there might've been, there wasn't a whole lot of people there. There just, let's just say that there wasn't a whole lot of people at church the week after Christmas. Because they knew you were preaching or just because of the time of the year? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's just the time of the year because if they hear that I'm preaching, you know, they know what, they know what's coming. All the old ladies are showing up. <laughs> I do well with the old ladies. <laughs> That's like that Dimitri Martin joke. Like the way to make anything sound creepy is to say ladies after it. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like, hey, I really like football, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I got to preach this last week and it was, and it, and it actually went really well. Um, and, uh, and then afterwards, um, after I got off stage second service, uh, my lead pastor was there who we interviewed on the show last week. He, he's an awesome dude. And he was the first person in backstage giving me a big hug and telling me how proud he was of me. Um, now, I, I don't want to throw out two one of the weeks or like, wow, there's two people. Like last week was like how my grandfather-in-law was proud of me. And now this week, it's like how my senior pastor is proud of me. Um, however, a lot of uh, going on, DJ, a lot, a lot of betting going on. Yeah, a lot of golden retriever moments these last few days. But um, the reason this is a win is because most of the youth workers that are going to be listening to the show, especially youth pastors who are listening to the show, you guys know that it is not always a given that you're going to have a great relationship with your senior pastor. It's just not a given thing. And, uh, and I had to kiss a few toads, metaphorically, um, before I got to Grace Point and I got to meet Barry. And, um, and, and Barry's just been such a blessing. He's always been an encouragement. But you know, on a week that he doesn't even need to be there because I'm preaching, he shows up, supports me, and is the first person backstage to to tell me he was proud of me, and uh, and that's special. That's a that's a special thing. And so I I thought that was a that, that was a huge win. TJ, sometimes when you're when you're up there preaching as the youth pastor, and you're on this and you're on kind of the big stage, and, and you get that spotlight, for lack of a better word, does it feel like the fringe is coming into the fold, like? The youth pastor is often on the fringes of, of church doing youth kid stuff. And when you get to come into Sunday church, like, do you feel like, do you feel natural in that setting as the youth pastor? Or do you still feel like an outsider stepping onto a stage that's not really yours? I think, I think, for, first of all, both. Um, I think that I feel like an outsider stepping onto a stage that is not mine. Um, 
a lot of times when I'm up there. However, it usually goes pretty well. Um, you know, one of the gifts that God gave me um, amongst uh, a very tiny number of gifts that he gave me, one of them is public speaking. Um, so that's something that he's given me for a while. And, and so yeah, once a I, lot, but the one he gave you is one of the best ones to have. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, people are like really scared of public speaking. So yeah. I'm basically like a superhero, like number one fear. Fishing in Alaska or public speaking. Yeah. yeah, there it is. There it is. So, uh, so yeah, I, when I get up there and I get going, usually I start with a story. Once I get that story or that joke over and I kind of know that the crowd's with me, then it becomes my moment. And so I can, I can definitely get over that. However, there is like a, uh, you know, there is a, like, I remember when I first started being able to take over for the senior pastor on a Sunday and, and people saw that that would happen. They'd see with me with my little mic, like built into the side of my face. You know how they have little mic, yeah, yeah, little yeah. Garth call, Brooks mic. I call it the Britney know? Spears mic. Yeah. Yeah. The Britney Spears mic. Yeah. Um, and they would see that I'd have that on and they go, Oh, you're preaching today. And they'd look kind of surprised. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. And they'd be like, I'm going to pray for you. And, and they never <laughs> said that in an encouraging way. It was never said in an encouraging way. It was like, Oh no, you must be really out of your comfort zone right now. Yeah. 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 And I'm, you know what, whatever happens, whatever comes out of your mouth, just know Jesus loves you. That's that was their tone. That was that was the tone that they were giving. And so it always felt like when I was getting yeah, up thanks, there, like, mom. <laughs> like there was this, like like I was this this interception prone quarterback where every time I drop back, people are going, okay, he, he threw a good pass. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah, whole yeah, way yeah. through, it felt that way for a while. Um, I don't think it feels that way as much anymore because I get a lot more opportunities to do it. However, I think that. Um, you know, the youth pastorate is unfortunately exists too much in isolation and on an island. Um, whenever you run a youth ministry, you're like an organization inside of an organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's weird because there's no other pastor who has to do that. Like the worship pastor usually handles the music for Sunday service, you know, uh, the community life pastor or, you know, the, the family group. pastor. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah. He hands, handles life groups for Sunday mornings. You know, the senior pastor handles preaching for Sunday mornings. The youth pastor handles youth group, not usually on Sunday mornings. However, some people do it on Sunday mornings, and that's probably a little bit better model as far as if you're really uh, Sunday centric. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, you're kind of this organization within an organization. There's, you know, there's no other pastor on staff who has to actively be fundraising besides me. So, yeah, the youth ministry does exist in this sort of fringe place. And when you walk onto the stage, it is almost, it almost feels a little token, like, okay, let's hear, or it's the day you have to hear from the youth pastor. Um, however, I've always, I've always really enjoyed surprising people and playing that underdog card. Like, uh, Mm. you guys thought I was going to (laughs) suck. I didn't suck. So, ha, you know, um, but I also, you know, some of this stuff is going to sound really haughty and I don't really want to sound haughty. Um, I want to sound like this. It's it, it's a lot easier to be the backup quarterback than to be the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, you you come in uh, to just to talk about what a what a backup quarterback. You come in and the other team hasn't game planned for you, mm-hmm. so usually you have an advantage right there. Um, they don't know what you're going to be doing or what you're going to be throwing. Um, and in the same way, you know, when your voice is different than the voice that they've heard every year, every year and every week. Um, you already have this sort of change of pace 
attention getting way about you. And so, you know, the longer you talk to an audience and the longer our show goes on, um, you know, it, it's harder to, to reinvent yourself. And so I, I always view it as, you know, man, I should be, I, whenever people give me compliments, they're like, wow, you should be preaching more. I never let that go to my head and think, you know what? I should be preaching more. Mm. I think, I think, you know what? I'm glad that I can bless the church and bless Barry by giving quality when he needs some time off. But I never think of it as, well, you know what? If Barry would just give me some more things, then I could yeah, really show the church yeah, when I, yeah. that's, that's not my heart. And even, even to the degree of, I get a lot of people saying, when are you going to take your own church? I always get that right after I preach. Like, You're ready. When are you going to go take your own church? And uh, there's a lot of people who just do not understand that um, youth ministry is a calling. It, it, it's, it, it's not just like ministry. And then there's a stepping stool, a stepping stool ministry. Like youth ministry is the first yeah, place you stop. Minor, it's not the minor leagues. You're not, you're yeah. not trying to move up. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't view it as the minor leagues. And that's what makes, you know, working at Grace Point is no one else does on staff. I mean, congregation people will always have their preconceived notions. Sure. But here on staff, we have three former youth pastors who are pastors. So they get it and they do not view it as the minor leagues. They know what I do, they know the language of what I do, and they're all really excited about what I get to do. And so when I tell them I don't I can't dream of doing another thing in the church, they get it. They totally get it. And the thing I always tell people when they give me that is, first of all, it's easy to be the second voice. And, and the, second, the second thing I say is, God has not called me to be a senior pastor. Mm-hmm. I, he has specifically called me to be a youth pastor. If that changes, I'm sure he'll let me know. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and it has, it has, he hasn't let me know. And, and the other thing I also say when people say, you should preach, man, I would like to hear, you, you should be preaching every week. I go, I do preach every week. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, that Come is, volunteer in the youth group. You can hear me every week. Yeah, yeah. You, you thought that was cool. You want to hear me really preach. Wait till you hear me with the aroma of middle schoolers to kind of just go over the whole experience. <laughs> it makes it 10 times better. So yeah, no, dude, that was a great experience. Uh, a lot of youth pastors know what I'm talking about when they say it's just fun to kind of get up there and share what's on your heart. So it went well. And having somebody like Barry, who's so supportive, um, backstage, first person to give you a hug, that's that's special. And I, I think that's super cool because, you know... Um, you know, I, I think sometimes maybe it might be hard to step back, let somebody else come in, um, deliver a great message. And, you know, I, I think we say all this in the context of, of being human, right? Like, you know, somebody might be listening to the show saying, well, as a preacher, you should only be concerned about God, and blah, blah, blah. but everybody's human. You know what I'm saying? So you don't want to go up there and suck. You want to go up there and knock it out of the park and have a really great, really great message. And so I think it's really neat for Barry to not, not only allow you the opportunity to do it but then to be the the number one supporter when you do it like that mm-hmm. to me just screams healthy senior pastor wanting to see you succeed and uh and that's pretty cool and i think that just backs up what we learned about him in last week's episode um in the interview that he did and stuff like that so yeah that's cool well, man. and and just to kind of say what you said we, we talked a little bit about this last week there is such a need for older men to speak into yeah. younger men's life mm-hmm. and and when you're, when you're a younger person and, you know, we're, we're, we're not all that young anymore, me and you, but they, you still crave the presence of a mentor in your life. And when you get one, it's special. It's just, it's just a really special experience. And so, um, having someone who's rooting for you, who wants you to, to do well, who, who 
you know, is going to show up when you're preaching, even though they, they don't have to, that's not always the case. And, uh, and it's really, really great. So meanwhile, Sonny is changing the color of his office with his LED lights. So <laughs> they're called <laughs> RGB lights, bro. RGB lights. Sorry. Sorry. The pod, bo- the pod box is getting a little laser light presentation. Nah, it's cool, man. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think you're in a good spot, so that's that's pretty fun. And I and I listened to your message, and uh, I was encouraged by it. And uh, I think you made some great points there and stuff. And so, uh, if you want to listen to TJ's preaching on the big stage, uh, what do they go? GracePointChurch.com or GracePointKitsap or what? Uh, GracePointKitsap.com, and you go to sermons, you'll you'll get there. If you go into Vimeo, you can also type in GracePointKitsap, and you'll find us there. Um, if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, you will you will eventually find that sermon too. Is YouTube Orthodox and Vimeo is Reformed? Is that how it goes or what? I have been begging us to switch to YouTube or to Facebook Direct. Like those are the two I think would actually. Vimeo, but bro. that that is that is a different conversation and it is not my part department. Um, however, I do not know why we're still on Vimeo. <laughs> so all right, Vimeo, uh, TJ, that's a pretty good win of the week. I feel like your wins of the week are very wholesome and like these full house moments where it's like, ah, oh, and like, they're good. They're, they're solid. They're also pretty self aggrandizing most of the time. Well, wait till you hear what I have to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I already know what you have to say. So I work as a, a clinical supervisor of an outpatient uh, drug and alcohol program. And a couple of years ago, we got a grant to open up a music studio in our, in our program. So we embedded it within our program. So kids would come in, do a couple groups a week, do individuals during the week. And then we use music as a way to engage them in, in narrative therapy. And so instead of having a 15-year-old kid journal about the difficulties of his life, because what kid wants to do that? I, I make uh, beats, rap beats and stuff like that. And I say, all right, you know, now, now write some lyrics about the difficult things of your life. And then they, they wrap them to the, to the song. We post them on SoundCloud and it, it kind of has this, it's been cool. It's been a really kind of neat part of our program. And so for it's the last, awesome. so for it's the an last, awesome, it's a, it's such an awesome idea. Like, yeah, first of all, before you jump into like the, 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 even the more awesome, that is so innovative. I mean, yeah. uh, trying to get gangsters to journal is probably a pretty yeah. tall order. But to get them to write raps, that just kind of shows you you leverage the culture um, in order to speak into their lives. And it shows us really who the gangsters are and who they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some that are very good yo, at rapping. Yo, um, what's up? I got something to say every day. Um, how, was fat. how was that? I rap. How was that? Anyway, uh, so, uh, I got yeah. a cat. <laughs> anyway, so, so for the last five months, we've been focusing on this contest for NIDA, which is the National Institute of Drug Abuse. And, and they partner with this program called Music Cares, which takes care of musicians who suffer from, from uh, addiction or mental health issues. And every year they put on a contest, and, and basically the contest is kids aged from 14 to 18 can create a song and then send it to them. And then the winner of the song gets two free passes to the Grammys, gets to go down, obviously, to the Grammys, gets to go backstage, watch a, a rehearsal, um, two tickets to the Grammy Museum, gets to go out to lunch with the people from Music Cares, and, uh, and gets to tour a really famous studio uh, down there in L.A. Super cool deal, right? So a few weeks ago, um, we, we sent off the package, and we hadn't heard anything since. 
So we were just kind of waiting. We sent off three songs. I had three guys with me uh, for the most part uh, of, the, of this challenge. We sent off three songs, and uh, all three guys were on, were on each song kind of individually and, and as a duo. So today, TJ, my first day back at work after a vacation, I haven't worked what feels like a year. Just kidding. I didn't say that joke. I haven't worked since like <laughs> December 21st. Today's my first day back. I'm all groggy. Yeah. I'm on day two of the youth pastor diet, right? My, 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 fa- my, my head is swimming of overweight men images because that's all that's been posted. The youth pastor diet. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying. Yeah, if, to- if, if a kid were to grab my phone right now, he would think I was <laughs> yeah, really right? a dad yeah, right? right now. So I'm trying to remember all my passwords. I'm trying to remember how to log into my game. I'm trying to remember like just where I left off two weeks ago when I left to work. And then, uh, and I'm involved in these court programs where I go in and give accounts of the kids in our program to the court. And then they come into court, they see the judge and they either, you know, get appraised, good job, or they, you know, get, Hey, you know, get your stuff together, whatever. So I'm in, I'm in the court staffing today, right? TJ, I'm in the court staffing with the judge and the coordinator, several POs, the DA, the, the uh, lawyer and stuff like that. And I get a call, TJ. I look down at my phone. And it's a call from Santa Monica. TJ, <laughs> this isn't Michael Douglas calling from falling down. This is a call from Santa Monica where we sent the package. So I'm like, and this is the middle of a very serious conversation, right? And I look at my phone, I go, I go, oh. <laughs> I go, this is either a prank call or like somebody telling me my car insurance is expired, right? Or, or this is. This is the thing. This is so, big news. This is big news. So I grab my phone. I, I sneak out of the courtroom and go into one of the consult rooms. And I just go, hello. And then it was like, hi, is this Sunny? <laughs> and I go, and I'm like, it's my heart starts beating. I'm just like, oh, man. And then she goes, hey, this is Erica Cruson from Music Cares. And I knew her name because I've been sending emails back and forth about the contest. She goes, hey, I just wanted to let you know that blank and blank, I can't say the names on the, on the air, uh, that so and so, that they won. And I was like, I'm like, and I'm like, you, I'm like, what? I'm like, one what? I'm, I'm like, I'm like, like one. And she goes, yeah, they won the whole thing. They got first place. And I'm just like, dude, talk about like, I haven't been that excited in like, dude, I can't even remember. I love awesome. my kids and having your kids is a day of excitement, but that's a lot of stress involved in that. Yeah. So yeah. Almost, yeah. This almost Trump. This is just like pure like enjoyment. And I'm and like, I, I found myself the very first thing I said, very professionally uh, and very Christianese was no effing way. But I said the word. I just go no effing way. Are you serious? Yeah, I was like, dude, I couldn't even breathe, man. I was just yeah. like, and she's cracking up, you know. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and yeah, dude. So, so here's how it works. So then, three of the three kids sent in three songs. Two of the kids worked on one. Uh, one of those kids and the other kid worked on a second. And then one of the other kids uh, worked on one by himself. Two of the kids won first place, but then the other kid ended up winning third place as well. <laughs> All three kids that had worked on the project with me for three or four months ended up winning. And now we're all going to be able to go down to LA Gosh, and man. go to the freaking Grammys, dude. How so cool like, is that? How so cool like, is dude, that? And, and one of the guys who won the contest was literally in one of the psychiatric units at the hospital four weeks ago for having a manic episode, schizophrenic mm. or schizoaffective. 
And, yeah. uh, and now he gets to go to the Grammys. And so yeah. it's like another kid, no hope, uh, a lot of stuff at home had happened to him. And now he gets to go to the Grammys. And the, the other kid is just, just, you know, just turned 18, not a lot going for him, not a lot going for him at home. Works yeah. at Taco Bell. He gets to go to the Grammys. So, like, talk <laughs> about like, the epic fringe moment, right? You get to yeah, dude. three kids, put them in like a, a fringe centered program, leveraging culture and all that kind of stuff, and it pays off, dude. Like, that's awesome. You know, the whole entire time we were doing it, it was like, you know, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. It was kind of trying to keep that even keel. You don't want to get too high. And, you know, you want to have confidence in yourself, but like, yeah, dude, talk about just like, just epicness. Oh, so, then, my goodness, dude. so then check this out. So then after I found out the phone call, I go walking back into the stuffy courtroom <laughs> meeting. Right? And I'm just like this, just like, uh, yeah, hey, how's it going? <laughs> 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 and finally the DA goes, what's going on? So I tell her and they're all ecstatic. And so then we arrange it to where when the kid, because one of the kids is in the program that won, right? Yeah, so yeah. When he came into court today. The judge is going. Through. He actually had to go to court today. He had to go to court today, right? <laughs> so the, the judge, the judge does her normal rounds with him, right? Like, how's yeah, school? Yeah. How's work? How was your Christmas vacation? And then she goes, "Hey, I heard you entered a contest with music." <laughs> and I, and and he goes, he goes, "Yeah, we entered it, but we haven't heard oh, anything." Man. And she goes, "Are you sure you haven't heard anything?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm sure." And then he kind of does a double take to his mom and he says, mom, I've been telling you to tell me if you, if you hear something, right? He almost like gets mad at his mom. It was funny because she knew and we had worked it out that so she wasn't going to tell him. So she goes, actually, I have heard something. And he goes, wait, what? And then she, goes, she just goes, you won. You won first place. And like, you can tell he didn't know what to do because he was in the middle of court, but he was so excited. Like, just like looked back at the judge. He looked over at me. He was like, He's like, oh, I knew I'd win. <laughs> Said something like that. And then he gave his mom a big old hug, and everybody in the court started clapping. Oh, dude. Came over and gave me a hug, and like, dude, how cool is that? To oh, like, my gosh, man. Setting my court that is oh. normally a very scary place for kids, especially if they've seen family members get locked up or oh, they themselves have been locked up. And he gosh, gets to be man. praised in front of all of his peers and all the legal people around him yeah. that he's going to the freaking Grammys, bro. Like, yeah. dude. Epicness, TJ. Epic, dude. What, what? Okay, just Woo. so good. First Woo. of all, so good. We're not even gonna do a. We're not gonna do a poll this week. I'm going to go ahead and forfeit. You, you won the week. Um, well, that's what I did it for. <laughs> that's the only reason I did it. That's right. You, you started this two years ago when you knew yes. that we were gonna have this yes. segment on the show. Yes, exactly. Um, exactly. But man, what I love about it, what I love about the story. First of all, you know, I, I had a pretty good. I had a pretty good feeling that you guys were gonna win. I, I just I just knew it because I, I know your beats, I know your kids, I've heard some of the songs, I, I know this stuff, and I just I just know what you're doing uh, down there in Oregon is special. It's just yeah. a special mm-hmm. thing that's happening over there. And so I had a, I, I just kind of was like, this is gonna happen. This has got to happen. And then when it did happen, I just love how you didn't just like it wasn't just your moment, you know? Like oh, this this this, no. this is this is the cool thing about the way you did this, like. Here's a setting that's usually kind of scary, and and you know it's the system, man. It's mm-hmm. the system. These kids don't want to be in court. They don't want to be talking mm-hmm. to a judge about their sobriety. They don't want to be there, and so they're sitting there with their mom. They're dressed up more than they're normally needing to be dressed up, and uh, and he's going through his things, and uh, and 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 it's like it's the DA is in on it, the judge is in on it, his mom is in on it. You're sitting there, you're filming secretly uh, the whole thing. 
And, uh, and it's crazy that all these people, and this kind of goes to show you like how many fringe youth workers are really out there because there are people in the system and you're part of it too, you know, that they they didn't get into this to, to screw kids in the system. That's not, that's not what they were trying to do. They weren't trying to mess up kids. However, that, that does happen, you know? But so then, you know, they hear about this thing and they're in, they're like, man, we're in, we want to be part of this. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be epic. He's going to be so surprised. And, uh, and I just love it. I love that it was, it was his moment. It was your moment. But you allowed everybody else to share in this because uh, a win for you guys and a win for this kid is the most important thing ever. And so that is so yeah. special, Sonny. And dude, I'm so proud of you, man. That, that's a miracle. That's, that's like a pretty miracle. Cool, it's pretty miracle cool. big enough. Only God can get the credit for it. But we'll yeah. give you a little bit of credit too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, definitely all the Lord. And, you know, I, I just think back at, you know, all the years I was playing music and doing things and, you know, was in bands and stuff like that. And I think you yeah. know, we played with falling up one time in front of like 700 people. And that was pretty cool. But this moment completely trumps that moment because this yeah. was like, you know, how they say giving a gift is better than receiving a gift. Yeah. So this, this was that, this was like, I've had some cool experiences musically played with seven day slumber and all those kind of bands back in the day, but giving this kid, who yeah. has little to no hope outside of the studio that we provided him. Yeah. The ch- he's going to go to the freaking Grammys, bro. Like, you can't dude, get tickets. Like He's going to the Grammys, dude. It's a closed he's, event. He's like, going to the Grammys. He's going to the Grammys. Like, yeah. that's just unreal to me, right? And, and, so, and, and, and uh, you didn't really oh, make this. You, you said it a little bit, but we kind of went by it a little bit. Every kid who worked on a song with you ended up – Ended up winning something of this competition. So, exactly. they, so everybody who was in that, everybody was going. And I prayed for that. It's going like, for you. I prayed for so hard to like not only have one kid win and these two wouldn't win or these two win and that one kid left out. Like yeah. that would have sucked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the fact that like all three of them won, it's yeah. like you said, it. it's a it's a miracle big enough. Only God gets the credit for. Yeah, and I I'm happy I get to play a small part in it, and uh, yeah, dude, like epic. Man. I'm I'm super happy. Yeah. Also, I'm happy for our show in this because you know we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I remember even like having I'm like glad, the copy I'm glad of, like, you're using these kids' victories for your show. <laughs> well, just sure too. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I, what I'm saying is like we got to share in it because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you yeah. said this before we knew it. Say, like, hey, I got to take. The, I remember the kid. Is this the kid who was going? I'm, we're going to be famous. Yes, we're he won first place. That's the kid in court. <laughs> that kid right there. That's what, like oh, you know, man, epic that is, yeah. bro. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You got to go back and you got to listen to episode two or three. Uh, those are the that's the episode that has the the, the backstory to this whole thing. Um, but man, that is so cool, Sonny. Congratulations, man. That's a huge win, yeah, and uh, I can't wait to uh, live blog with you at the Grammys as you meet Taylor Swift. Well, luckily, TJ, I was telling you before the podcast started in the hour and a half we were messing around with things. I ordered a selfie stick right before the new year. And so uh, that should be coming in here. And I'm going to use the heck out of it because I've never had one before. So I'm excited. That's right. Well, you know what? The world is not ready for you to have a selfie stick. I'm going to say that right here, you know. But, you know, this is your win. So good job, Sonny. Proud of you, man. You're going to the Grammys. You're taking some students with you. That's, That's awesome. Way to win, way to win with students, way to win in the system. Those are all all three really hard wins, but you did it. Yeah, man. God's good. Tales from the Fringe. 
Maybe we'll come up with some cool, like, dark theme music for that or something like that. I hope so. I hope it's better than what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's probably still going to sound cool because you're going to have some beat next to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make, I got some dark beat. I can do that. Damn. The Fringe. All right, TJ. Oh, so, new segment. Tales from the Fringe. This mm-hmm. is where we'll just pull stories out of, out yeah. of yesteryear and uh, we'll share them. In an effort to like just talk about what it's like working with kids on the fringe, and sometimes it'll be to maybe dispel stigma. Sometimes it'll be to give you insight of what it's like to work with kids on the fringe. Sometimes yeah. it'll be heartbreak about what it's like to work with kids on the fringe, and yeah. and sometimes it'll be a mixture of everything and stuff like that. So uh, I'm looking forward to this segment. I think it'll be pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Um, and so yeah, this is this is just good old fashioned storytelling, which I love. You know, I love this stuff. And so good. I'm I'm gonna jump right in here, okay? With with uh, tales from the fringe here. Um, this this story involves someone who is near and dear to both of our hearts, um, the the giant Oaxacan, um, as we call him, Mister Mister Juan de Jesus, Juan from Jesus, um, and. Uh, and Juan came into my ministry when he was in middle school and I was brand new to youth ministry and he was feral, just straight up feral. And he and his friends all came from this mobile home park and their whole motto was what happens in the mobile home park stays in the mobile home park. And, uh, and that was, you didn't want anything that was coming from that mobile home park to be said, because it was some pretty sketch things happening there. Um, and, and Juan was just crazy, man. He was just a crazy kid. I didn't know what to do with him fresh out of Bible college and trying to wondering what do you do with a kid who like, hasn't been taught anything. <laughs> he just literally is, we, we say feral and that's kind of a joke, but it's true. I mean, he, him and his friend were in this constant wrestling match. I remember they broke out in the middle of a wrestling match in one of my sermons at one point. Um, so this involves Juan, uh, and just, I'm going to, I'm going to tell two stories about Juan cause I, they, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, the first one is we were teaching Juan how to play Frisbee golf or disc golf, but we played with Frisbees around the church. We had our own holes that we made up and, and uh, Juan doesn't do things halfway. That's the one thing you know about Juan is he doesn't do things halfway. He puts his whole self into whatever he's doing. And the other thing we, you should know about Juan is um, he's a big dude. He's, he is a stout man. Um, he's tall. He's, he's just Thick. Let's I don't just say think that. they've made a hat that has fit his head properly yet. <laughs> He's got a very, very big head. Um, and, but he can move his body like a crazy person. I mean, he really can. And so we were out there playing disc golf. And, uh, and we're, uh, we're trying to show him how to do this. He's kind of getting it, but he's kind of not. And so he goes, he decides he's going to throw it the farthest he's ever thrown it. And he did. However, he threw it. When he threw it, his finger got hung up on the inside of the disc. And instead of going the way he wanted to go, it went in the complete 180 other side direction. As he turned around, he finally had to go zoomed right over our head as we were watching this thing. And it landed about 300 feet, like over a road on the other side, right? And, and we were all kind of laughing. And he looked really kind of embarrassed because he didn't know what to, to do. And he was an awkward kid. And, we're, and, also, and I looked at him and I go, what was that? And he goes, he looked at me just in deadpan, straight face and went, the devil tickled me. 
<laughs> and Sonny, Sonny, you know that that is one of the best stories that all encompasses like who Juan is, right? And so Juan was that kid, man. But the crazy thing about it, and this is what's so rewarding about working with French kids, is he came to know Jesus. And like every kid from that mobile home park came to know Jesus, his sister, his mom, they all came to know Jesus because of his faith. And then Juan became something special. It wasn't just this feral kid who he showed up. He became the youth. rock of the ministry back in the day, man. Yeah, man. He became the man. He was the man at youth group. And he learned how to play guitar. He became a worship leader. Um, he became the guy that we all, the kid that, that all the other kids look to, um, to determine their pace in the ministry. And it was, it was a lesson for all of us, especially the youth workers that were surrounding. Juan was a lesson for all of us. And I, and Juan became really close to me and you. Um, so Juan ended up going to the college I went to, um, Multnomah University in Portland. And, uh, I was, I got the honor to drop Juan off on his first day in college. And, uh, and that was a special day. Um, because here I am rolling in, I'm a big dude, rolling in with my big dude friend, who's kind of my Mexican son to say the (laughs) least, you know? And, uh, and there's a lot of homeschool white suburban people showing up to drop their kids off, you know, helicopter parents who are going to have to land the helicopter. And so they're freaking out. And, uh, and they're all there and they all look really nice. And so me and Juan come rolling in. Juan's got all of his stuff in a trash bag behind his back, right? And he's going up to these sheltered kids and giving them hugs. And as he's giving them hugs, he's, he's whispered in there, we are going to be brothers now. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just tell these parents are like, where did I bring my kid? Who let this guy out? And, and it was just crazy. And so we roll into his dorm room and, uh, and, and we're looking around in his dorm room and Juan is kind of just taken back. And, and Juan's got awkward moments, but also there was a difference that I hadn't seen in Juan before. And, and it was kind of like all the air got sucked out of the room. And I looked at him and I could tell there was kind of sadness and a confusion sort of going on. And uh, I was kind of looking at where he was looking at, and I realized he was looking at his bed. Yeah. He was looking at his bed. And, and for a lot of people, um, that's probably not a very significant thing. But growing up where Juan grew up, Juan never had a bedroom, and he never had a bed. He slept on the couch. That's what Juan did. And so Juan, day one of college, is looking at his very own bed. And I lost it, you know, like a proud papa. I just stink and lost it in that moment. And I was just like, you know, praise the God who brought this kid out of the mobile home park to the place where he's going to you know, take over the world here at Multnomah. And here's his first bed. The, the God who turns, you know, old couches into dorm room beds. I was so stinking excited for one in that moment. And it was awesome. Until two weeks later, I show up because I, you know, I'm checking in on him and I bring him some McDonald's because that's his love language and, and ours as well. And, and, uh, and I'm trying to find him. I'm rolling into his room and um, I've got, you know, bags of McDonald's that I'm, I'm wanting to just throw on him as he's sleeping because I know he's a college kid. So he's going to be asleep at this point. And I was in seminary during this. So I just want to check in with him before I went to class. And I walk in there and I look and he's not in there. And 
I look at the his roommate. I'm like, where is Juan? And he goes, ah, I think he sleeps down in the other room now. I'm like, wait, he doesn't even sleep in his own room? He's like, no, he hasn't been in here in a while. And, uh, and so I closed the door um, thinking, man, I just sort of intruded on this random kid, first of all. That's, that wasn't fun. Hey, kid, um, want some McDonald's? Hey. <laughs> um, and so he, I kind of walked down the hall and I'm kind of like, okay, uh, he kind of gave me which room he, he might be in. And I roll in there and I look on both beds. And, you know, there's, there's no shape that is Juan on either bed. However, this dorm room has a couch. And I look on the couch and Juan is sleeping on the couch. Juan is sleeping Old habits die on hard, the couch. Bro. Old habits and, die uh, and I just, I went over to him. I threw those McDonald's, I threw the McDonald's at him. I said, what are you doing, man? You got a bed now. What are you doing? He's like, well, I like the couch. You know, that was, that was his statement. I like the couch. You know? And I, I was just started thinking like, you don't get it. The narrative is a lot cleaner if God takes you from the couch to the bed, My bro. story is better if you're on the couch. Yeah. But he, he finds himself a couch in not even his own room. And that's where he is posting up in college. Um, and I realized in that moment, what makes Juan special wasn't that God t- took him from the couch to the bed. Um, it's that God took him from being a, a feral kid with not a whole lot of hopes to a kid who's um, studying Bible and... Uh, and going to influence the future generations. And, you know, sometimes we like those really material things. God gave him this. Mm-hmm. The thing that God gave him was himself. Mm-hmm. And Juan's relationship with him was the transforming thing. So Juan just liked the couch. And, 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 and when he was looking at that bed, I thought he was having a sad moment. It turned out that he was having an anxious moment of life. <laughs> oh, where, where am I going to find a couch? <laughs> Tales from the Fringe. Tales from the Fringe. Beautiful, TJ. Uh, I imagine during the Tales from the Fringe segment, there will be many stories of uh, one Juan de Jesus Gonzalez. We will try to taper them down and mix in some TK here and there, but uh, Juan will be centered. Oh, we got lots of kids, and I got, I, got, I, got student, I got new stories, too, that I'm really excited to debut here on the show. All right, TJ. Uh, I got a shorter story than that. It happened several years ago. Early on, uh, not really early on in my career, but uh, a little more wet behind the ears. I was working over at uh, at a location, and uh, I had worked with a kid. We'll call him Adam. And uh, Adam was was he was a gangster. Uh, both his parents, California, he didn't really know what they were up to, and uh, he'd fallen into pretty hardcore gang stuff. Anyway, so one day, uh, he's not there, but I'm doing, I think I was playing basketball with some other kids or something like that. And I noticed one of them had something in his hand and it looked shiny. And so, you know, when you work with fringe kids, you're always kind of like, what do they got in their pockets? You know, what, what are they doing? What, they're always, you're always, you always got an eye on them, you know? So I went over there. I had a pretty good relationship with them. So I said, hey, you know, what do you got in your pockets? He goes, nothing, nothing. I go, bull crap. What do you got? And he pulls out brass knuckles. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay. <laughs> That's not nothing. <laughs> That's something. And welcome to the fringe. Uh, he pulls out brass knuckles. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, bro, what are you doing? I'm like, Give me those. So I just grab them from him. And uh, he goes, come on, man. I need those. I was like, no, you don't. So I just take them from him, right? This isn't Adam, by the way. This is another kid. So I take the brass knuckles. Uh, I think we finished playing basketball. I go back to my office and I put them in my drawer. And, you know, I was going to take them to my main office at the end of the day and figure out what to do with them. Talk to my supervisor about it. 
So the day goes on. I had a PlayStation in my office at the time. We were playing a lot of NBA 2K back then. And uh, so I had a bunch of kids in there later on, and kind of younger kids in there. And we were playing NBA 2K. And uh, I went to, in my drawer to grab something, and I pulled out the drawer, and one of the kids says, are those brass knuckles? And I'm like, gosh, dang it. And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're knuckles. I go, I got them from a kid earlier. Don't touch them. So next thing I know, I turn around, I look back, the brass knuckles are gone. And I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> so, so, uh, so for the next few minutes, I'm like, crap, where are the brass knuckles? So I go looking around and asking the kids, we don't got them, we don't got them. Okay. Got them. What I love about this story is it has the line, crap, where are the black brass knuckles? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your line had the devil tickled me. My line has crap, where are the brass knuckles, right? <laughs> so, so I had to run a group, right? So, so I'm like, I can't, I can't find the knuckles right now. I got to run a group. So a bunch of kids come into the group, and Adam is one of the kids who comes into the group. So I do the group, and in the back of my head, I'm like, where are the freaking knuckles? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get fired because I lost brass knuckles. I had a kid steal them from my drawer. Somebody's going to get punched and get a broken freaking eye bone or something, and they're going to say, I got them from Sonny. So anyway, so after group, uh, I do some more investigating, and one of the kids says, hey, Adam took them from me after, after your group. And I go, crap. And Adam was the kid that would literally use them and probably that day. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, what am I going to do? So I'm like, my, my, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. My career's over. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to tell my supervisor this and not get fired. So I, I clean up my office for the day and I go driving, driving to my main office, right? My other office. As I'm driving, TJ, at a bus stop, I see Adam sitting there at the, at the bus stop. And I'm like... I'm going to ask him for the knuckle. So I, I pull into this little convenience store and I pull up on the street right next to Adam and I say, Hey, come here. And he comes over. And all I do is I, I have my window down and go, give me him. And he pulls him out of his pocket, gives me the knuckles. We don't say a word to each other. And then I drive off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, this is the most epic thing ever, you know? <laughs> It was like something straight out of a movie, bro. I'm just like, hey, give me him. He just goes, whoosh, just, just pulls out his hand. Not a word said. And he just gave it to me. And then that was it. And then I went home. I went back to my office, told my supervisor. We, we threw him away. And uh, yeah, dude, it was crazy. Dude, that's but, awesome. But I realized like, you know, fringe kid, there's, there's just a code. There's just like a straight up, like be yeah. straight up. So I wasn't yeah. like, hey, you know, can you, can you give me those? You're going to really hurt. So it was like, nah, just give me the freaking thing, you know? Yeah, it was. It wasn't like it wasn't like. Well, John told me that uh, yeah, you may dude, have that. Dude. I was like, hey, bro, it was, give me him. Yeah, give me him now. And give, or you even you just said give me him. I just him. said and then, give me him, and he knew exactly <laughs> what I was talking about, and that was it. And so then yeah. the next day, we 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 talked through it. I said, bro, what the hell were you thinking? You know, he goes, dude, I needed him. He goes, I'm 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 being threatened right now, man. He goes, he goes, something happened. I'm I'm fearing for my life. I need a protection. And 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 like, it was like one of those moments where like, if you're not familiar with fringe kids. It can scare you, but like you're in the moment with them and stuff yeah. sometimes happens and you got to be aware yeah. to, to, to just be in the moment with them and, and say, all right, you know, I, I can see that, you know, uh, you're scared. I can see why you would take them. Here's why you shouldn't take them, but how can we, you know, help you be safer and stuff like that. Um, so there, there was no like punishment or consequence for doing it. It was I tried to figure out what was the motivation behind him taking them and could I help and, and help that situation 
in any, any shape or form and stuff like that. So, um, so it ended up being a really good conversation and we got to talk about a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I'll just never forget, man. Just give me them. Nothing sad. It was like, it was like straight out of a movie, bro. It was, I love it. It was pretty. I love it, dude. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, and that's the thing is that sometimes, you know, you work with some of these kids and they're, they're, they're more intimidating than other kids that you're going to work with. However, you know, um, once, once you get through that thick, uh, exterior, you realize that, um, these kids are human beings and they need, they need people to treat them, um, in ways that other human beings would treat them. Um, and I think that sometimes our fear dictates how these guys go through the system and, you know, and, and that sometimes is sad, but good for you, Sonny. Way to know the code. Way to know uh, how you're supposed to handle that situation. And way to not way to not get fired. I mean, that's yeah, that's another yeah. win in that in that situation <laughs> right there. Is way to not get fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I can't believe you're still listening to the Fringe Youth Worker Podcast. Perfect. Okay, TJ. Last segment. Oh, the show. Uh, this is your pregunta of the week. This is this is your segment, bro. Well, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go yeah. Let you yeah. Take it from here, TJ. I'm ready. I'm ready to. I'm coming in hot. Coming I'm hot. coming in hot. Dylon, um, Dylon, Dylon. Because <laughs> I spit hot fire. Um, if you know that reference, go ahead and post it up on the Facebook page, um, and we yeah. will give you and a we'll shout out for you because you shouldn't know that reference. You shouldn't know that reference, but, but if, if you're, you're on the fringe, fringe worker, you should know the reference. Yeah. Yeah. One of the two of those two things. If you're homeschooled, definitely you should know that reference. If you're on the fringe <laughs> and you're fringe, you, you, you should, you should know, that. know that reference. Anyway. Um, yeah. So the, the question I have this week, Sonny, and you're going to like this question. All right. In youth work. Now this can pertain to church youth work or to your context of youth work, which is not in a church. Um, what is a phrase that when you hear it, it instantly ticks you off. It instantly makes you mad. It's a, it's a grouping of words. It might be a cliche. It might be something that's just said way too much in your field. But when you hear these words clumped together, you're just instantly like, no, 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 not today. <laughs> uh, do you have one or do you want me to go? I, you're the one who prides yourself on being off the cuff. I don't pride myself, bro. I just like off the cuff more. Mm-hmm. Off the cuff I, I more. I got two. I got two that came to my head. Okay, got it. Okay. One of the first one that came to my head, especially in the addiction field, counseling field, is this. Don't work harder than the client. <laughs> it's like they're coming to you because their lives are in disarray. What do you mean don't work harder than the client? Like. Of course, you're going to work harder than the client. You're going to help them get to a point where they can eventually work for themselves. Yeah. But it's like, you know, uh, you're talking to a colleague. Oh, I was trying this and trying that and trying. Sounds like you're working harder than the client. I'm like, no, duh, dummy, because I care about them, you know. <laughs> uh, can't stand that one. But another one that I hate, especially when it applies to fringe kids, is uh, he should know better. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, how do you know? Do you know where he grew up? Do you know what his mm-hmm. parents were like? Do you know what they taught him? Right? Mm-hmm. I was in court today with a kid whose mom was calling from prison to represent the kid in court. 
Like mm. that kid should know better. Like, give me a break, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I once had a girl at camp write on her reflection statement, hey, mom, I forgive you for not being there to teach me how to do my hair, let alone all the other countless things that the mom forgot, right? And so often when you work with these fringe kids, you want to judge them and, and discipline them. And it's actually the exact opposite thing they need. They just need mm-hmm. to be loved and accepted for who they am and then provided the right context to learn what to do and what not to do and stuff like that. So it's like those two phrases really, really tick me off, bro. Probably the second one more than anything is like, he should know better. Like, <laughs> when you mess up, dork, why we, you, don't, you don't know better, you know? So those are my two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, have, I have two as well. Um, one of them, you know, we went, we went a whole episode without mentioning the internet, which is a really good thing for us. That's because, why we changed up the segments, bro. Yeah, we, we, were, we were just going hard <laughs> on youth pastor forums. And because we can't get through an episode without mentioning it, I'm going to mention it. Right ah, come on, T. <laughs> we almost made it. All way. We almost made it. But, but it's something that really makes me mad. And it's this. When guys on the internet, especially youth workers, they, they post a question on there. And the forums are filled with questions, right? And at the end of their question, which may or may not be good, it doesn't I, matter. I know where you're going with it. They're going to, they, they leave with this and go, dot, 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 <laughs> and go, right? And I, I, nothing makes me more mad than and go. It's like, hey, uh, what movie should I watch at my all nighter? And go. Oh, you know? thank you for the privilege to respond to your question. Let me get right on that. It's like it's like it's a race, right? We're all racing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh no, someone just said go. I got nothing better to do than respond to your dumb question. Come on. Let me let me just drop everything that I'm doing and get on this race to answer your question and go. If your question is good and it's relevant. It's going to get answered. There's going to be people who are going to line up to answer your question. Well, I wasn't going to answer it, but since you said and go, now I feel challenged. I'm going to go. It does. There's nothing more presumptuous than I'm going to presume that what I just said is such gold that you're going to want go. You know, it's, it's, it's a... It's like the idea of you just commanded me now, like as opposed to imagine if you did that in real life, like you ra- you were you're in your classroom, right? Hold on, TJ. Uh, yeah, my thought on that is it's so ridiculous, right? Okay, now what do you think? And go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you said that to me, I would say <laughs> no. You go. You were out of my classroom. You, you don't demand an answer from me by saying know, and yeah. go. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that. I, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say, uh, when they post things that are like, they're controversial and they say, when you comment, this isn't, a, this isn't meant to be argumentative. So yeah. only give me a list and do not argue. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. But the end goal I, thing is annoying. I, 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 another thing just on this, I'll get to my other one too, um, is that when people, yeah, it just feel like what you, it, this is in line with what you just said. It's when people dictate the rules of how to engage with what they just said. Like, yeah, 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 hey, guys, yeah. no political stuff. Hey, none of this. I'm not looking for this stuff. Um, if you have, you know, this is just a rant. I don't want anybody to answer. It's like when you put yourself out there, yeah. people are allowed to comment whatever the heck they want. And uh-huh. here's the thing is your life isn't going to end if someone has a bad take on what you're, what you're trying to this say. This is the wild, wild webs, bro. You better bring yeah. it. Yeah, and go. <laughs> oh man, I can't 
handle that, man. Just, I, just now, I'm going to create a signature on my text messaging that says, and go. <laughs> <laughs> every single time. Every so it's your signature. And go. Hey, TJ, ready for the show? And go. And go. Hey, hey TJ, I'm going to the restroom. And go. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. If your take is good, you're going to get answers. You don't need to tell me to go. I hear you. I hear you. Yes, man. And go end the show now, TJ. Oh, man. Well, hey, uh, thank you guys for joining us on episode five. No, this six. Is episode six. One oh more till we're, till we're legit. Dude. The more. next episode, we're, we're, we are legitly, we're, we're ahead of 50% of the other podcasters, which is awesome. You know, we've had some pretty awesome growth in this thing already, guys. And, and we see you out there. Um, Oregon, uh, Washington, Washington is our number one listener. Oregon's number two. California is number three. Um, and the, the second country that's listening to me and you next to the United States is the Czech Republic. Czech Republic, bro. We see you out there, Czech Republic. (laughs) We don't, we don't know why. A lot of fringe workers out there. A lot of fringe workers in the Czech. Yeah, we don't speak any Slovakian language, but you know, I wonder if it's because my last name is Saltalamakia in Slovakia. I wonder if it's like missed searches on the internet or something like that. Maybe, maybe there's just a couple of people out there like, what is this? <laughs> I, fringe youth worker? I don't know. I'm listening this guy to has it. Loud, obnoxious voice. What is oh, it? Okay, I'll sus- I will subscribe. I don't know. It's Our country is a fringe. <laughs> Putin is trying to take us over. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, we see you guys out there. Thank you for being part of our our network. And go. (laughs) And go. And go. You've earned your gold star. Thank you for listening to the Fringe Youth Worker Podcast.